And welcome to a new episode of PR360, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and with me I have Michael Umaski, and he's got an interesting background. He was a very young lad when he started his first startup called Blastro.com, and it was one of the first video streaming companies way before YouTube, and we all know YouTube, but it was one of the best of the web in Bloomberg Business in 2007. But he's moved on from there and done a lot of different types of work from digital marketing, social media, content creation, SEO. And he's a co-founder of Aspen. So we're really excited to have you on the show, Michael. Welcome. Thank you. And as I ask all my guests, my first question is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? It's very important. I'm actually both. I do lots of coffee in the, in the morning and then generally we'll do tea at night. Awesome. Do you have any like preferences with your teas or coffee? Do you like for coffee, do you light, medium or dark? So coffee is pretty easy. So we have a Keurig here, which is probably not very environmentally friendly, but it's just super easy. And we do just some Starbucks pike roast in the morning. I usually have two or three of those for 10 a.m. And then I try to stop before noon. I want to be able to sleep at night. And then at night, I usually do chamomile tea. And I'm just relaxing. Nice. Yes, I use Keurig too. I call it the work coffee during the week because it's easy to just brew up. It's funny. I was out in Colorado with my family for the last month and we had a pot. We didn't have a, a Keurig in the house that we were in. I was like, this is so old school having to actually make a pot of coffee and then like, then someone kills it and you got to make more. And I was like, God, I just missed my Keurig. <laughs> Wanted it back. Glad to be home. Oh, modern advances. <laughs> So tell our listeners a little bit about Aspen and what it's all about. Yep. So we have a product called Inc. And you can go to Inc for all and download it. We look at it as a content performance optimization platform. And I'm lucky enough to have two great partners, uh, Gary Heyman and Alexander is very much a visionary. And as we started this company that's based out of our SEO agency called Edgy Labs, we he's kind of one of those guys that lives five, 10 years in the future. And as we were working on doing a lot of SEO work for large Fortune 500 companies, which we continue to work on today, we really saw a need. And his hypothesis was the work that we were doing on the content side for performance optimization. If you look at that five years in the future, the only thing that's going to happen is more content is going to be created and the ability to get found is going to be harder. And so looking at performance at the onset of your writing, right, sitting down with our platform and writing content, when you decide to start writing, being able to understand how your content scored against everybody else that's ranking for those keywords or key phrases, how to improve your content, and then ultimately how to publish it so that you get found in the top search results, that we believe that's really where the future is going to be. And so we put that platform out last year Go to inkforall.com, you can download it, and you can experience what content performance optimization looks like. We've got just under 20,000 users, and we've grown pretty quickly. It's all organic. We haven't raised any capital. And it's just a great writing experience that bridges the gaps for writers to have SEO knowledge without having to be SEO experts and being able to build that performance into every piece that they publish without having to understand every nuanced component of what relevancy looks like for publishing content on an SEO side. 
Mm -hmm. Does this use AI or machine learning to actually help you? And is this different from some of the other ones I used was, for example, they would look at your, basically your title and tell you if it was SEO worthy or not. Does this go a little bit further than that? So Inc. is really the byproduct of work that we were doing from an AI perspective that we were actually doing manually. So when we started our agency, Edgy Labs, it was around the concept of really understanding as Google was moving from a rules-based system to our neural network and ranking around that with a rank brain platform, we just wanted to understand what was going to happen there. And so we started a blog and we started writing content and we went from zero users, zero domain authority to 100,000 users in really, I think almost 10 months. It was, it was pretty rapid. And we got the attention of some pretty large Fortune 500 accounts and started working with them. And when we applied the things that we had learned, the intellectual property that we built to grow our audience from a, a really small site, when we applied that to large brands and domain authority sites, we saw a massive uptick in, in their traffic. And so we, we really figured we were onto something. And where Inc. came from, we had to a lot of content for some of our, our larger customers. And we were doing this through our manual process. And what we learned was, man, we needed to be fast. We were not catching up quick enough. And we decided to build our own, take the IP that we built, the understanding of semantic completeness and depth and gender. And, and when you looked at word count, like all those things combined, we built our own IP. And if you could give us any topic, you could write about it. It just takes a little time to do the competitive research. But ultimately, we could put a great piece of content out there and it would rank pretty quickly. So what we did is we took that knowledge and we built our own neural network. And that's where Inc. came from, was building our own AI, ground up. We actually have patented the technology. It's really cool. It looks at, we actually married it with our own editor. And that's what Inc. is. When you download an editor, that gives you the scoring mechanism. But what happens is as you write, you put your keyword in, it will tell you in real time everything about your piece of content compared to the top ranking candidates or the top ranking pieces and inform you how to improve your content to make sure that you have the best ranked candidate. And so we didn't really want to do something that would like write content for people. That wasn't our thing. We believe the best use of AI is to help inform people how to do things better and really marry man and machine. And so when we worked with large brands, originally what we saw was you know, we were great at, at creating content that could rank, but we weren't great at creating content that had tone and voice and where it's on brand. Like that's not what we were. We weren't ad guys. We were data guys. And so we really wanted to marry those two things, like the ability to stay on brand, be in your own tone, your own voice, but then be informed by AI how to improve that and, and get real performance from your piece of content that you've written. Gotcha. So could you actually use this in conjunction of, let's say, Yoast SEO? Because I know you guys do two separate things. Or would it be better yeah. just to use your own without Yoast? Yeah, we love Yoast. I think about millions and millions of, of users. I think they have very specific things. So on the content side, you'd probably want to they're still more of a rules-based platform, and so it's not quite as caught up as, as what, especially on the content side, as caught up as, as what Inc. is. I, mean, I think Inc. is probably the most state-of-the-art platform when it comes to informing writers how to write better and rank better. But then there's a lot of other components of Yoast that you'd want to use 
from an SEO perspective, like some of those checklists and things. Now, Yoast is really baked into the WordPress platform. Inc. is a downloadable platform. You'd actually put it on your desktop, you write, and it works with the cloud, and then you'd be able to publish. And we have a, a WordPress plugin that you can publish to. But as you look into the future, we have the ability to sync into any platform. We'll have a whole ecosystem and, and plugin ecosystems where you can publish to any CMS, both custom or standard. And we think of Inc. as more of a, like almost like Photoshop was. Inc. Is, is that. Like you can actually, we want it to be ubiquitous and create a web standard for how content is written. And so with creating this tool, did you see that a lot of PR pros are just having difficulty bridging the gap between good content for SEO and just writing just to write? Yeah. So we have our own PR team and I've worked with a lot of PR agents in the past. And it's interesting, you know, like press releases an example. Those things have changed pretty dramatically. And so I would argue that from a press release perspective, the biggest gain you can get on writing a press release today is the SEO value and the linking capabilities of those things, right? And so as a PR pro, you got to think about performance of, a, of the brand that you're writing for at the onset. And so we've actually worked with a number of PR agencies and we're continuing to do that over on our user base right now to help them understand these are the things you want to rank for, put it in here, start writing. And, and the, the, the results have been great. And, and so is the feedback from our PR users that this is probably one of the strongest platforms to write your press releases in because you get that performance boost almost immediately and it gives you kind of purpose to what you're doing. Interesting, because mostly PR pros, when they think about press releases, are only really writing to the media. So what you're kind of doing is Basically saying that, no, for SEO and media now, or is that going to be the future of PR and press releases? We see this as that there's a tremendous amount of value as the media is was one aspect of it, but at, so is the SEO value that comes from it. And actually those things merge together over time, and that's where we see the future going, is media wants to pick up things that are already getting great results that are already seeing search performance, right? Because it amplifies what they're already going to try to do. Gotcha. So they're just looking for the viral hit. Yeah, kind of. Yes. And the longevity and the links. And there's just a lot of value SEO and media being tied together from a press release perspective. Mm -hmm. And from your perspective, what do you think PR pros are doing wrong with the SEO sites? I'm pretty sure a lot of us have to at least understand SEO. Do you think that it's more PR pros that don't understand SEO as well as marketers, or are they both lumped in as not really understanding it quite well yet? I think SEO is super confusing right now, and you're seeing it every day. Google's making changes 3,400 times last year, some crazy number. And you're like a PR, the expertise is around formulating a strategy for media and for amplification and all of those things. But being an SEO expert, that's great, for, but it's really difficult to be all things to all people. And so what we're really trying to do is just bridge that gap and give you an easier way to not, you don't have to be an SEO expert. So if, if the question is, what are they doing wrong? I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I just think it's just super confusing right now. And our aim is to help eliminate and really try to uh, break down and, and, and overcome some of that frustration that folks have about like, how do I write this to get any actual performance from it? and not have to hire five people to do that. 
Yes, that would be helpful not to hire the four extra people to do SEO. <laughs> it's funny. I, I saw this thing. And if you want to really understand SEO, you, there's three or four types. You got to be a content creator, a link builder, a technical SEO. You got to understand all those aspects. But that's not really what you're hiring a PR person for. So why not give the PR team the power to kind of do what they do without having to be an expert in jack of all trades? So give them that expertise. Uh, inside of a product so they can just alleviate that concern. Mm -hmm. And do you think a lot of brands just get it wrong because of Google changing it however many times? I understand it to a certain extent, but Google does seem to change their SEO quite a bit. Yeah, and I think brands and marketers, so it's funny, we we targeted the writer first, right? The PR agent, the people that are writing copy, the agencies, like all those folks that are just like, frustrated by that SEO process. That's why we saw it. We, we like saw that gap in the market as we were working with our customers. We were doing it for ourselves. And I don't think brands are getting it wrong. I think it's just, again, a lot of confusion around how to do it. And so our goal is to really give the folks that are on the front lines, you think about it, writers are the people that are on the front lines that are working with the, the marketing teams to be a freelance writer or agency writer, whatever it is, those folks are on the, the front lines really trying to help those marketing teams execute on their strategy. And again, we just think we're giving people a much better way to bridge that gap of not having to be an expert, being able to work the marketing team and put content out there that will actually have a performance benefit for them and not just be a, a great piece of content that has a brand and, and tone and voice tied to it, but actually has the relevant content needed to get the best performance. And speaking of SEO, do you think that since it's so confusing for Google, well, Google does a lot of confusing things. Let's be honest with you. There are five different messaging apps. There are two different music apps. There are two different podcasting apps. They're not really the best in being very streamlined. But do you think that the future of SEO is more content wise. And so that's why there's this weird gap between understanding SEO and just being, I don't know what's going on. I think the future of SEO is some combination thereof, right? So there's like a status of like 4 million pieces of content or, or like written content per day and growing and 92% gets zero search results. It's hard to argue that's not going to continue to increase. So I think content's a huge part of this. Having technical understanding and building progressive web apps and making sure your site's fast and like building a really good foundation, that, that obviously is critical. But there are a lot of those pieces that have to be adhered to, to be to really have a great SEO experience. That said, building relevant content, we've done the research and we've actually done it for ourselves, eating our own dog food. And, and what we saw is if you build a really great relevant content and you put it on a clean site, you will see results. And so we did that for the Ink for All site, our blog site, where we launched, I think we had, like, we just launched it clean at the beginning of the year, didn't do a lot of work behind it, we just made a really fast site, started putting content on it in, I'll say, March or April, had about 400 visitors to the site by the end of May. And then we put a whole strategy in place and started creating really great content. We put some really important pieces out that were targeted to the writers and PR folks that are out there. And we just crossed 20,000 visitors a month coming to our site. So in an eight-week period, we had a, uh, you know, whatever, what is that, 17 or 1,800% increase in our traffic 
just from putting relevant content into our site. Mm-hmm. And with Inc., do you think that this could actually be more towards, let's say, the single content creator that may be building his or her podcast or writing or whatever? Because I know from experience, like doing WordPress by myself is a pain in the butt a lot of times. That's why I switched over because I was just spending too much time and just I just didn't want to spend as much time on WordPress just to make sure that everything was going well. Yeah, we've got tons of people are using it across various kind of personas, if you will, all of them writing persona, but from freelance and individual content creators to large brands that are using this. And again, you know, this is our first iteration of the platform. Today, it really is targeted towards the individual writer, but we'll build all kinds of great things. We're thinking throughput's really the most important piece as we move into the future. And we'll be building teams and collaboration and better integration and creating an ecosystem around. So there's a lot of things that we're going to be doing with this platform to open the aperture of who and uh, who can use it. But that said, like our core user right now is the writer that wants to sit down, write great content and actually perform. Gotcha. And do you think eventually for SEO video will actually be a major component? I know bandwidth wise and internet, it probably isn't there yet until they actually do compress a lot of that stuff. But do you think the future will now for SEO will now include video eventually? Yeah, hundred percent. You're already seeing it the way Google's putting things in place. You can type things into Google right now and it'll take you to like the exact segment of a video. You can see it on certain things if they're testing it right now. And so our, belief is with our product, we, we look at it as being found first, so top of the funnel, then being able to engage and ultimately, those are things we're building with our AI. And we'll extend that from not just the written content, but into audio and into video as well as we go into the future. You have to, right? Video is only going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then the advent of smart speakers, I know, I think I read a research a couple of years ago saying that eventually it's going to hit 50% of at least voice results. Do you think for SEO wise that PR Pro should be cognizant of the smart speakers and Google Assistant and Alexa and all that other fun stuff? Yeah, it's funny. We have this conversation a lot, which is, okay, today if you you type something in Google and you search, you've got, what, 10 results plus the ads, et cetera. We've got Alexas all over our house. If you ask Alexa to search for one thing, you only get one result back. So you better be the best at conveying your relevance to that specific user intent or search intent because in the future as those smart speakers come out you've got to be the number one answer or or else you're going to be left behind is there a way of doing that or is there eventually a way for ink to actually help with that as well i know it's still new but do you see that yeah roadmap pipeline for doing it yeah absolutely that's exactly where we're working on right now is like how do you build that into the ecosystem so that you are helping our users create the most relevant content, not just for on page, but inside those speakers as well. Gotcha. Cause I understand SEO, just the written part, but it seems like voice is just a whole different ball game to me. It really is in its infancy. Think about it. Your Alexa's really only entered our home, what, three years ago? four years ago. I'm trying to remember when we bought ours. I want to say we bought ours in 2016 or 17. I bought the first one in 2016 or 2017. I probably have one in every room. We're a divided household. We have Google and Alexa. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we tried that. It didn't work so well. So we just kind of like standardized on 
we even have those video ones like the the Alexa video so I can call up from the kitchen to the my kids' playroom and tell them dinner's ready. Yeah, we have both. We have both the Google Home Hub and the show. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. The Alexa show. It's funny. And speaking of like SEO, but also recent events, has it changed a little bit since the pandemic and everything else has been going on? Has SEO actually changed a little bit prior to it to now, or has it still been the same? It's definitely changed. And you can see the trends of, and I don't know if the fundamentals of SEO have changed, but how the algorithms are weighted has changed. And you can see, I, I don't have it in front of me, but we were looking at trend lines in SEO pre and post pandemic. And like at one point, you know, in, I don't know, let's say it was March, it was like the search for toilet paper was like the number one thing. And then you can see how retail has changed. So it's really one, companies have gotten really smart about how they are positioning themselves. There's been a, a major transition into digital as retailers had to innovate in those areas. And that's forced them to be way more cognizant of how they're putting their products online, how they're positioning those things, how relevant that content is, and just the emphasis on being really smart from a search perspective to help. It's just been purely like kind of survival mode. But we've seen, you know, I think not just Amazon, but we've seen a massive uptake in a lot of our, lot of our, our customer base and user base on leveraging relevant tools to get them the best search results. Mm-hmm. And has there been any like type of differences in relevancy between now and then? I know you said toilet paper and everything, but for like maybe other industries that don't sell toilet paper, has there been any different relevancies? Yeah. <laughs> That was the toilet paper thing. It was just, it was, anyway, it was weird at that point. But yes, look, you'll see it in e-commerce, right? Specifically, that's been a very big trend. You'll see it on restaurants and takeout and how they've had to mold and adapt to get visibility online. We've seen it across multiple industries, even with our, like some of the automotive industry, they couldn't sell cars for a while. There was no cars available, but they, but they did a really great job on creating content that would allow people to be educated about their products so that when it was time to come back, which people are doing now, they've seen great results because of that educational type approach and building relevant content for the time. So yeah, I think it's really a testament to a lot of the ingenuity and, and innovation that happens when you know companies are forced to have to do that. And you, search is absolutely no different. It's been just a major shift into making content relevant for your specific persona. And those companies have done really right now. Mm-hmm. And speaking a little bit about big data, how has, since the pandemic's hit, more people shopping online, has the big data and understanding people more helped with people understanding SEO more? Or has it just been a huge, there's too much data, I don't know what I'm doing right now? No, I haven't really seen the data around this just yet. It's something we're kind of pulling together. But what this is purely my gut is that there's been, some companies have really dug in and understood that understood how to make those changes, what the shifts are. Some of them already had the expertise on staff. Some of them had to build that expertise. And those people have done fantastically. Those companies have done fantastic. And then the companies that just couldn't figure it out, they've definitely struggled through, this, through the pandemic. I'd like to pull that data together. And I have a fun question for you. What was your most memorable or fun content that you wrote since using Inc.? 
Yeah, so we've written a ton of content, really focused our user personas. And so we've written a bunch of stuff around like to help writers write better. But we wrote an article about affect versus effect. You can, I can send you the link. You can link to it in the podcast. It's a great article. has a ton of search around it. But we did a bunch of really cool graphics with it. Uh, we have an awesome graphics team. And it was just a really cute, fun article that's actually really valuable to people because people mess up affect versus effect all the time. This is true. I think even in college courses with PR, they were kept on like harking on what the difference between those two words is because no one really knows very well. Yes. I'll send you the link to the article when we get done with it so you can read it. It's great. Sounds good. And any final thoughts for our listeners? I just think as you're thinking about from a PR perspective, it's, it really is important to start to think about how the relevancy of the content that you're creating is not just for the media, but for other folks for that search perspective. And so, Really digging in and, and building content that can be searched is important. And, and those that are doing that great, that are doing that right now are seeing really great results from it and it can help them build them on the future. All right. Thank you, Michael, for joining PR360 and sharing your knowledge on SEO. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. And thank you for tuning in to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more and join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe, have fun, and see you next week. Later.